I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Yes, and this is the second part of our special series on Sesame Street, celebrating the birthday of Sesame Street. So what are we talking about on this episode? The cast and characters of the show. But before we get into that, we forgot to do something, Ezra. On the last episode, we forgot to give you the answer to the trivia question. Mm -hmm. So, whoopsies. But we're going to rectify that right now. So the question was, what Halloween special featured a character from a very famous Christmas special? It was a 1977 animated Halloween special called Halloween is Grinch Night, and it featured the Grinch, and it had music by Joe Raposo, who happens to be most famously known for music of Sesame Street. Oh, well, look at that. That's really cool. And that special, which was horror-themed, was the second special to feature the Grinch. But it hasn't been well as well-known as the other one, but I remember, I remember seeing it. And what did you think about it? It was a little scary, though, but really interesting, though, and a little funny, too. Yeah. Like, there was the Grinch song, and it also took place in Whoville. And it also had those hack and cracks that would later appear in the book, Oh, The Places You'll Go, in 1990, which was the last book Dr. Seuss wrote when he was alive. Well, there you go. So we're a week late on the answer, but that is the answer to the trivia question. We won't have a trivia question at the end of this, but we will next week for the last part of our Sesame Street series. All right, so let's get into it. Sunny day, sleeping up. So these puppet characters that have been famously created by Jim Henson, we all know from Sesame Street. The first one we'll talk about is Big Bird. Yeah, so we'll talk about the original cast and probably the two most prominent ones, mm -hmm. as you said, are Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Who are both originally played by Carol Spinney. Tell us about those characters. What were they like in that first episode? Big Bird, who was looked very different compared to what he looks like today. What did he look like back then? He had a different face and body, and some to some people he was a little creepy then compared to what he looks like now. And how what he looks like now, he's a lot cuter. And Oscar the Grouch, though, who was orange originally, before they changed him to green. And I think I have a theory for why Big Bird looked the way he did. So there's actually a pretty interesting story about that. So the show premiered November 10th, 1969. But before they premiered the show, they had test episodes that they showed in July to a group of kids just to see how kids would respond. As a test before it became a success for television. Right. So they were testing out different elements of the, sh of the show to see what kids liked, what kids didn't, just ahead of the premiere. Interesting, though. And at the time of those early test episodes, child psychologists had told them that they needed to keep the puppets separate from the real human actors because they were concerned that kids would see those two interacting and get confused and think that the puppets were real and it would mess up their development somehow. So what was interesting is that there was no interaction between the puppets and the human actors on the show. And what they found is that kids loved the puppets, but for all the scenes that had just the human actors, 
they disengaged. They weren't paying as much attention. Mm. And the showrunners decided, actually, you know what? We're going to ignore the child psychologists on this one and include puppets and human actors on the same set at the same time. Yeah. And we'll deal with any kind of consequences that come after that. So basically they had between July and November to create new characters that could fit with the scenes with the human actors, with the the hosts. So Jim Henson went back and in those three, four months, he created Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Three, four months to create new characters and then figure out how to incorporate those characters and what their personalities are like and, and really figure out those characters. That's not a long time to do that. But they managed to do it and... Lo and behold, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch are probably two of the most popular Sesame Street characters that exist. Yeah. Like Carol Spinney, who's the performer for Big Bird and Oscar. Big Bird, someone who's friendly and mellow and happy. And another one who's Oscar, who's most of the time grouchy and grumpy and negative. So yeah, so it's just interesting to see how those characters came to be and how they developed and why perhaps Big Bird was a little creepy at first and why Oscar went through different color changes before they finally settled on green. But you were also telling me something about how Big Bird actually had made an appearance before Sesame Street, right? Well, an early prototype of him called Nutty Bird from Royal Crown Cola in 1966. Mm -hmm. And that was also designed by Jim Henson, right? Yeah. Nice. And what what did he look like in that? Much thinner and a much smaller bird. He had a much bigger beak. He also had a like a collar. And it was it was just a picture of him or were there videos? I think there was a video though from commercials from Royal Crown Cola in 1966. Gotcha. Clearly Jim Henson had had this idea before about some kind of bird character and he took that idea and incorporated it into Sesame Street. Yeah. And Oscar the Grouch, though, this grouchy guy who lives in a garbage can who's trash-obsessed, we all know, before he was green that he was, not many people know, he was orange originally. Mm-hmm. Why did they make the change? Do you know? Maybe because he cause it's because he lives in a trash can and he's grouchy and he thought green's a better color. Interesting. I, I wouldn't have made that connection between green and grouchy, but I don't know. Maybe something there's something to that. His signature song is I Love Trash, where Oscar sings why he loves rotten, dirty, smelly, broken things. Uh Uh-huh. And he shows them to the audience of what he has and why he likes them. And they're all dirty and rusty and they're all trash, but he he likes it that way. (laughs) Yeah, so actually let's talk about the music because especially the big characters, they all have their character songs. I like trash for Oscar the Grouch. Does Big Bird have a song? Not some, but multiple, but I don't think he really has a signature song as much. He might not have one, but another original character on the show definitely did. You all know him as Cookie Monster. So what was his song? C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. (laughs) He loves cookies. He loves eating cookies. He likes eating all kinds of foods too, and even biting out of inedible objects. Right, because he's so cookie-obsessed that he doesn't recognize other objects as not being cookies. Or no, he's just, he's constantly hungry. Right. Has googly eyes, he's furry, and he's blue. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these characters were first designed by Jim Henson. And I know that Frank Oz, who we talked about in the last episode a little bit, he worked on some of the characters. Which characters did Jim Henson make and which characters did Frank Oz make from the original cast? He was the puppeteer for characters like Bert, Grover, and Cookie Monster. Yeah, and he was Bert across from Jim Henson, who played Ernie. As well as Kermit the Frog. And Kermit the Frog. That's the thing. Let's talk about that because Kermit was originally a Sesame Street character. Before he was better known for being on The Muppet Show. What was he like in that first season of of Sesame Street? He was a news anchor, a news reporter. He also had his own song before he had more famous songs called It's Not Easy Being Green. Was that his signature song? Really? I think at the time. It was from Sesame Street? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's so cool. Also, he was in Sam and Friends originally before he was on Sesame Street and then the Muppets. So a lot of these characters, they some of them came from different places or they were inspired by different things. I think Grover was another original character that was from something else. Back to Cookie Monster before we get to Grover. Sure. Cookie Monster was originally in a commercial from 1966. Oh, really? What for? For called the Wheel Stealer, and he was originally dark green, and he had sharp-looking teeth. Uh-huh. I think in a commercial. It all started when I discovered wheels. You know, these wheel-shaped, cheese-flavored snacks that taste so... Mmm. Cheese-flavored. Anyhow, I was fixing a tray of wheels when suddenly... I saw a wheel stealer. I am a wheel stealer. <laughs> and he ate up all my wheels. Interesting. Was he also designed by Jim Henson for that commercial? Was, I think he was also designed by Jim Henson, yeah. The Grover. Who is a furry blue monster. He was introduced in actually in 1967. So where was Glo- uh, Grover introduced? Prototype of Grover first appeared in the end. Sullivan show on Christmas Eve in 1967 and he had greenish brown fur before he was changed to blue yeah so all, a lot of these characters came from different places and before landing on Sesame Street some of the characters would go on to different things specifically Kermit the Frog is is probably the biggest example but really the sort of bigger legacy of these characters is that idea of actual humans interacting with the puppet characters as if they are real characters that hadn't really been done but nowadays that is so common and there's actually a new show that's come out blues clues that you've been talking to me about a lot which was a fun show that was made in the 90s and ended in the mid 2000 mid late 2000s and they just brought it back as of today and tell us what is blues clues what is this an interactive children's show that's all colorful and fun and and your kids are trying to look for clues and try to look trying to wonder what blue is looking for and who is blue the main character who's a dog but specifically he is she is actually she ah thank you for correcting and her her owner is and from originally in the show was was steve and then later, his younger brother, Joe. Uh, is she a real dog? No, she's animated. But what about her owner? A real person. So Blue's Clues is an example of a show that incorporated the real alongside something that wasn't real, either a puppet or in this in Blue's Clues. Case, animated. Animated. But that might not have been possible if it weren't for Sesame Street, which really 
that's really the legacy of that show yeah. is bringing bringing puppets and people together and having them interact. Talking about next, Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie are a really funny duo, and they are roommates and who are also best friends. Bert, I know, is a yellow muppet, and he likes collecting bottle caps, and he's also obsessed with pigeons. Mm-hmm. He has a pet pigeon named Bernice, and his best friend, Ernie, likes taking a bath with a rubber ducky. I remember his song, Rubber Ducky, You're the One. <laughs> Unlike Bird, who's more mature and responsible, Ernie's a bit more silly and childish. And sometimes he drives Bert crazy. <laughs> and there's often a lot of sketches on the show when Bert and Ernie get into fights. Ernie drives Bert crazy, and I always thought they were really funny. They are pretty funny, guys. And they're still around 50 years later, and they're still getting into fights and arguments and but fun. still they're best friends and still like each other i also know that bert's song i remember which maybe not as many people remember as well calls doing the pigeon when bert dances does a, a clever dance about his favorite animal pigeons doing the pigeon doing the pigeon and dancing a little smidgen of the kind of ballet sweeps me away. Doing the pigeon, and oh, doing the pigeon. People may smile, but I don't mind. They'll never understand the kind of fun I find. It's a, it's, it makes me laugh that somebody's favorite animal could be a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, that's silly. That's Bert. Yeah. I know, and he likes collecting bottle caps, especially soda bottle caps. Yeah, so those are just some of the original cast of characters. But many of you might be surprised that some of those familiar names like Elmo are not on the list. The Count is not on the list of original characters. They actually came later. Yeah, like, but for before the Count was Snuffleupagus, who's Big Bird's best friend, who's an elephant-like creature. Right, and an interesting thing about Snuffleupagus is that he started out as Big Bird's imaginary friend. Yeah. Nobody actually thought he was real. I know, until later when it did show that he was real. And do you know the story about why they they made that change? I don't know. Why? So the reason for that, I can't remember the exact context at the time, but the creators of the show were worried that having Snuffleupagus be an imaginary character would teach kids that adults wouldn't believe them and so Mm. it wasn't worth telling them about about anything so they decided that to hopefully avoid that lesson they revealed that actually big bird's imaginary friend was real that's how he was revealed as as a real character interesting right and so then you had characters like the count count von count who likes counting everything right there was probably now the most iconic Sesame Street character, Elmo. Well, yeah, but before when he originally made his debut on the show in 1972, he uh, was mostly a background character, and he looked different a little, and he didn't really have a name yet. Right. It, that's the most fascinating thing to me, that he was a very, very minor character when he was first introduced. And he didn't even have a name. He was also originally referred to as Baby Monster. That's so fascinating. But as a major character with the name Elmo, I think he was 1980s. He appeared, but he didn't appear as much till much, much later like he would appear 
very often today, like we all know. Right. Throughout the 90s and 2000s, I think, is when he really became popular and really sort of cemented his status as a main character in the Sesame Street world. And originally played by Kevin Clash until 2014. And currently it's Ryan Dillon. And Elmo, this furry, lovable red monster, who I've loved ever since I was little, was... So I think started out mid-late 80s when he started to became become a main character. But then by early in the 90s, he started to become when other newer monster friends and other characters came along. So that's actually an interesting thing because I think Elmo was a big influence on the next batch of characters that came along. Like Baby Bear, Rosita, Zoe. Up to that point in Sesame Street's history of characters... The characters, for the most part, were, I wouldn't say adult, but they were older characters, especially like Oscar the Grouch, Ernie and Bert. They were more adult-like characters. Or, yeah, but some other ones who were introduced later were more childlike. And Elmo himself is very childlike. He's a three-year-old monster. Right, and because of his popularity, the next batch of characters that were introduced, first of all, they were introduced as Elmo's friends. And like Elmo, they were much, much younger in temperament, in disposition. And I just find that interesting how how the show took that turn from these kind of older puppet characters to much younger characters that theoretically would appeal more to children watching the show. Yeah, like Baby Bear introduced in 1991 and so was Rosita, who spikes to speak Spanish. And then in 1993, they introduced... Zoe, a three-year-old yellowish-orange monster who likes dancing and ballet, who was originally played by Fran Brill, who also played Prairie Dawn until she retired in 2015. And then who's also one of Elmo's friends, although he came much earlier, is Telly Monster. And Telly Monster was more like the previous characters where he was, I guess, an older character. But I'm saying is most people nowadays know him as one of Elmo's friends. Right. And then 2006, they introduced Abby Cadabby. Barry on the show, who's a fairy in training, was... Yeah, and so that was probably the one of the last of the second batch of characters that we're, we're lumping Yeah, in. yeah, and she became a, one of the most popular characters since her debut. And she's also one of known for being one of Elmo's best friends. That's so interesting to me because I'm not at all familiar with Abby Cadabby, but that's, you know... By the time she was introduced, I was 16. I know, and I, well, I was 10, though, but I've heard of her at the time, but I wasn't as familiar, but I know a lot more about her now. Right. Yeah, so it's just fascinating to me, though, that every generation of viewers of the show, they have different characters that they grew up with, that they bonded with and know about. Well, Abby, a lot of you newer, younger people remember her. Right. But not a lot of adults are familiar with this character, but she's now one of the main characters on the show. Right. So, in my, yeah, my generation, it was more like Elmo was the big character because that's when Elmo was really becoming popular. I know. And because of Elmo's popularity, Abby has become one of them, similar to Baby Bear, Rosita, Zoe, and other friends of Elmo's. And of course, there's now an even newer batch of characters that have been introduced since 2010. Tell us about some of those characters, Ezra. Lily is a homeless Muppet, and she lives in a homeless shelter. She's had sheltered lives, because lately Sesame Street has been ha having fundraisers and also doing stuff for the show to show respect to different kinds of people. 
Right. There's been a bigger emphasis on representation of people from different backgrounds. So like you said, Lily, she's homeless. And there's also one named Alex, whose dad is in jail. And right. another one who, who was really important now is Julia. She has autism like me. What did that mean to you when that character was introduced in the show? It changes the show, especially to teach younger kids, even those kids who don't have those kind of disabilities about people, especially children who do, and why it's a, a very important, essential thing. Expand on that. Why? What, what do you mean by that? Because autism is a disability. It might be different, but it's a really good thing. And I really like that they put that on the show because they didn't have that kind of stuff back then when I watched classic episodes. Right. So you think that kids watching today, they'll get a better understanding of just people in general who have autism. Yeah, yeah. And then there's um, Abby Cadabby's stepbrother, who is an orange monster named Rudy, who has also been introduced. And then another monster in foster care named Carly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think Carly is a very new one who's introduced this year. What were you saying, Casey? Yeah, I think it, all these characters point to this sort of central theme of the show that, that was there from the very beginning. This show has a message to say, and it's going to work hard to bring that message to its viewers. And especially to children and to teach others about how some kids have different lives. Right. Yeah, especially specific characters that they're covering. You know, there's the character who has a dad in jail. There's a character with autism. There's a character who's homeless. These things that have been in one way or another stigmatized in the past. Yeah. But what Sesame Street is doing now is that it's normalizing that. It's showing that just because you might have this background or you might have this specific characteristic or whatever it might be that doesn't mean that you're worse or better you're still a person yeah i know and carly this last one is a is a, is a muppet in foster care and that's also one of them we've been discussing so one last category of characters that we haven't talked about yet are characters who appeared on the show but no longer do or though recently they've appeared some of them have appeared on on the special that from this past Saturday night. Mm -hmm. One of them I know is Roosevelt Franklin. Right, who who is a play on Franklin Roosevelt. It's just the name switched, right? Yeah, he was on the show from 1970 until 1975. And he's probably the most famous character who has been retired. Yeah, he was... Although I suppose if... If you started watching this show post-1975, you have no memory of him. Yeah, and I don't really have any memory of him either, because it wasn't on the show for that long. Right. Yeah, so, there, and there's some other characters. Sherlock Hemlock. Bruno the Trash Man. Biff and Sully. Benny Rabbit. Yep. Horatio the Elephant. Alice Snuffleupagus, Snuffy's sister. Uh-huh. Guy Smiley. So just tell us a little bit about who these characters and were. And one more, also Lefty the Salesman. Lefty the Salesman was a sneaky salesman who was trying to sell things, but he rarely succeeds. Mm -hmm. And he's appeared on Sketches with Ernie. Sherlock Hemlock is a detective. And then there's Betty Lou, who was similar to Prairie Dawn, only she had braids. And there was also other ones like the Amazing Mumford, who was a magician. Benny Rabbit, who was a very grouchy, bad-tempered irritable rabbit who has a personality similar to oscar the grouch 
There was also ones like Harry Monster, although he in recent years he had been reintroduced to the show. Mm -hmm. As well as characters like Forgetful Jones, the cowboy who forgets everything. And even Kermit the Frog. That's right. Technically, Kermit the Frog is a retired character of Sesame Street. He's still around. He's still doing work, but but technically he was on Sesame Street. A long time ago, Harry Monster was retired from the show, but since 2015, he was brought back to the show. Yeah, so, so there have been plenty of characters, and you, you can imagine for a show that's been around for 50 years, you're going to have a lot of characters who have appeared and no longer fit, either because... They didn't quite work for what the show was trying to do, or they were redundant with other characters like Benny Rabbit being a grumpy character. Well, we already have Oscar the Grouch, you know, that we don't necessarily need another grumpy character. Or there's other grouch creatures like Oscar. Right. There have been a lot of retired characters and stuff, and but a lot of characters who, who a lot of people remember. So those are just... Some of the many, 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 many characters who have appeared on Sesame Street over the years. Why do you think people love these characters so much that even 50 years later, everybody knows Big Bird? Everybody knows... Because of how iconic and well-known and they've been on the show forever and they those are the ones they never retired because they're part of the main cast. But why, why do people like those characters so much? They're all different in their own ways. And so colorful and unique. And they, they're they all different in their own ways. From Cookie Monster, who's hungry, and the Count who loves counting, and Oscar, who's grouchy. Yeah, so I think these characters, they, they're they so interesting and nuanced in their own ways. Sometimes they, they can be very, very simple and straightforward. Cookie Monster loves cookies. But especially with a character like Big Bird who's operated in so many different capacities over the years, I think people just really gravitate to these characters who who are fun and delightful and colorful and all those good things, mm-hmm. but also have some complexity to them, that they're not talking down to their audience. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I think that'll be it for this special episode. <laughs> Okay, so that will be it for this second part of a three-part series on Sesame Street. We hope you learned a lot of new fun things about the characters of Sesame Street. Stick around for the next and last part in the series where we're going to be talking about all the spin-offs based on Sesame Street. And the other interesting stuff about the show. So stick around for that. Again, if you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon.com. We have exclusive content only for patrons so check us out at patreon.com slash animation and beyond animation and beyond is written and produced by ezra fieldsmeyer and casey cantrell with music by noam fieldsmeyer we'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast got a comment question or recommendation for future episodes let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye! See ya!